Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Claire Marquick, and this is Real Life Business. Hello and welcome to episode number 16 of the Real Life Business Podcast, the show that helps you balance running a business with this crazy thing we call life. This week, I am chatting with Suzanne Chadwick, who is a bold business branding and speaker coach who, in her own words, helps her clients take their brand from basic biscuits to delectable got-to-have goodness. Suze has over 10 years experience working as a brand consultant with both global brands right through to solopreneurs and she knows what works well when it comes to creating a brand that stands out. In this conversation, we chat about her journey and the inspiration behind her business and why she decided to cull 80% of what she was doing. As a mum, Suze knows the importance of managing priorities and delegation, skills that transfer directly to running a sustainable, scalable business. I can't wait to hear your takeaways from this one. So sit back, relax and enjoy. Thank you so much, Suze, for coming on the show. You describe yourself as a bold business branding and speaker coach. Would you say that you've always been a bold person or is that a skill that you've had to learn over the years? I would probably say in some way, shape or form, I've always been pretty bold. Uh, And I do like to give the definition that I use when I use it. And bold is really about going against the grain, breaking the mold, even when things are hard, doing things differently with a lot of courage and conviction, basically. Mm. So if you look up bold, that's really the definition of it, which I love, which really speaks to me. And I've always been somebody that's really just gone after things. Mm. Yeah, I love that. We've got our our eldest son is um, someone who I would say meets that definition of bold. <laughs> we were having a conversation. We were having a meeting this morning with school, and and um, I was asked, you know, how would you describe him? And and I've said I describe him as a kid that always pushes the boundaries. And I wasn't, I didn't mean that to sound negative. And I think it kind of like ties in with what you said there. You know, it's, it's always, okay, well, there's, there's what everyone else does. I'm just going to go that one step further. Yeah. So whilst that can be a challenge to parent, I think, you know, going forward, <laughs> there's, a, there's a real entrepreneurial drive there or there's this drive to always go above and beyond. So, yeah, I think that's a really cool definition. <laughs> I like him already. Yeah, I like him already. Yeah, and I just think, you know, something, I think people who are willing to be bold, willing to learn to be bold, I'm going to say they probably get more out of life because they take chances. They're not afraid of risk. And, it, and I mean, there's different levels of risk, but I do think that, you know, the opportunities that have come to me just because I was willing to say yes, even though I had no idea how I was going to do it, what was going to happen, how it would work. But I'm just like, that sounds awesome. Sure. Yeah. Let's do that. You know, I ended up getting a transfer to London because I said, yes, I ended up working in New York because I put my hand up first, like things like that, where you're like, I have no idea what this is going to be, but I'm going to do it. So, and I think life's more fun. Oh my God. I can... I totally agree. And I think a mentor of mine once said to me, you know, you say yes and then work out the how. 
Um, because if you if you try and work out the how to every situation, there's so much that we miss, isn't there? Yeah, and I think the other thing is is that when we overthink things or we think I need to have everything perfect or I need to know everything before I do it, then number one, sometimes you miss the opportunity. Number two, sometimes you overthink your like overthink yourself out of that mm-hmm. opportunity as well. But yeah, I don't know. I just, and, and I just think sometimes you miss the opportunity because somebody else just got there first. Yes. And always say yes and then find out more and then change your mind down the track. Like yes is never or rarely concrete. Yep. I totally agree. That's something that I say all the time. You know, nothing. I don't think, uh, I really, I was trying to think about this the other day. I really don't think anything is permanent, is it? You know, like we can, we can change things. Like we can, we can say, yes, we can commit to something. We can be all in, but then if circumstance changes or we learn something else or or whatever, like we can, we can pivot or we can come away from it and do something completely different altogether. Yeah. Just don't Um, sign any contracts and you'll be good. Yeah. One caveat, let me just put that there. Do not <laughs> sign any legal documents and there, you can always change whole, your mind. There's probably a whole heap of people listening to this going, oh, my God, you're so naive. There is so much stuff that's permanent. <laughs> anyway, oh, <yeah>. okay. <laughs> tell us a little bit about your your journey. You, you spoke just then about working in London, working in New York. How, what, 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 what did you do in a past life and how's that led to you to where you are now? Yeah, so I started off in HR and recruitment. I did it like a business marketing slash law degree and had no idea what I was going to do. Fell into recruitment, was temping, fell into recruitment. They offered me, a, you know, the first company out of the three that I was temping for offered me a permanent job and I went, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> uh, and then ended up working for them and they were the company that ended up sending me to London uh, and they were like, do you want to transfer to London? I was 22. I'm like, sure. Why not? Why the hell not? Let's do that. So I ended up uh, moving to London with a one. I was in New York for a month because my old flatmate was from New York. So I went and stayed with her for a month, moved to London and was there for eight and a half years. I was one of the Aussies that was like, I'm just going to stay another 12 months, just (laughs) another 12 months. And then I'm going home. And eight and a half years later, married. (laughs) Oh, you married over there. I married a Welshman. Uh, We got married in Thailand. But yeah, even when I was there, I ended up heading up recruitment for Deloitte Consulting across Europe and which was amazing, Mm -hmm. incredible job. And yeah, it was like a Friday night drinks. There was a Friday night drinks and the director said, uh, we've got a secondment in New York. And I literally just put my hand up. <laughs> I knew nothing. I didn't know how long it was for. I didn't know what it involved. I could have been like a toilet cleaner and I wouldn't have had any of that information. But I was just like, I knew what he was about to say. He's like, we've got a secondment opportunity in New York. And I'm like, I want it. And yep. he literally said, Sue's put her hand up first. So she gets it. <laughs> Oh, that's classic. So it was, and it was, yeah, because I guess a lot of people in in my team could have done it. Uh, and the other thing was I was six weeks away from getting married. So it could have been like a year secondment. It could have been, who knew? Anyway, I'm like, who cares? I, I just want to go. I'm just going to make it work. So I ended up doing that as well. But when I was there, I was running a really big 
project, which was to hire about 100 consultants in a short period of time. And a branding agency came in Mm -hmm. and they, I had to work with them because I was heading up recruitment. And so we worked together for quite a long time where we looked at brand messaging, activations, visuals, strap lines, how we were going to build communities, how we wanted them to feel, what the ads were going to say, all the rest of it. And I was just like, this is amazing. Like, I love this so much. Hadn't really been exposed to it at that level before. Uh, And to run a brand project where we were building microsites and you know, uh, applications and doing events and all of that sort of thing. I just thought this is amazing. So I feel like the bug kind of bit then Mm. around branding and marketing and events. And so I ended up coming home uh, and stayed in recruitment. And then about a, a couple of days before I went on maternity leave with my first child, I was sitting in a meeting with a client and a consultant came in and she was a brand and marketing consultant And she was talking about all the things that I had done back in London. And I just thought, oh my gosh, like, I really want to do this. This is what I want to do. Like I was over recruitment and HR and marketing and and that sort of thing. And I was just like, I need a change. Mm -hmm. And so after having my first baby and my first baby uh, turns 11 in a couple of months. Wow. uh, Yes, she does. Uh, I know that feeling. (laughs) We're 17 days away from the 11th birthday, I was told uh, this morning. So do you realise, Mum, it's 17 days? <laughs> there you go. They don't they don't forget, do they? And so uh, after having my daughter, a couple of months, I just emailed that consultant and said, I'll work for you free of charge on a Thursday when my baby sleeps if you teach me everything that you know. Wow. And she said yes. And so I was obviously on mat leave. Uh, and so I would get on Skype calls with her and her clients and we'd do brand strategies and community strategies and social media strategies and all of that sort of thing. And I would just kind of be her admin. Uh, and it was so interesting. And then I kind of went on a journey to educate myself and I did a whole lot of courses And then when I eventually went back to work two years later after baby number two, I said to my CEO, I think that we need to start an employer brand agency. I think we're missing an opportunity. And Mm -hmm. she said, go ahead and do it. Wow. I'm like, what, what, what's the worst she could say? She could say, no, we're not going to do that. And then I need to assess my options. That's right. Yeah. I either stay in the job or I look for something different. Um, and so, yeah, so I just, I ended up building a brand consulting business, which ended up a global. So they were in the Americas, in EMEA and in Asia Pac, uh, working with like massive, you know, investment banks, pharmaceuticals, media companies on their employer branding strategies uh, and projects. And then I started helping girlfriends who didn't want to go back to the corporate world, Mm. but were highly skilled. And they were just like, how do I do this? And because I'd built that business from scratch, I was like, this is how you do it. And I just found doing it, I was just lit me up. Like I loved it. Like I just understand the nuts and bolts of business. I understand sales. I understand how to manage money. Like everything I'd learned in my corporate career, I'm like, like I can totally help you to do this. And so we did that over wine and notepads on kitchen tables until I decided to register a business and do it. 
That is so awesome. I think a lot of the best business ideas come from um, around the table of friends and alcohol. Wine and cheese is very often in the mix. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Oh, totally. Yeah. So, so then fill that fill that gap. So that that was where the idea came from. What is it that you What is it that you now do? What's the sort of the core of what you help um, people with now? Yeah. So it's really interesting. When I started the business, I actually started doing more women in business events and building a community from there and then doing business work, one-on-one business coaching. Yeah. Uh, And I did that for quite a while. And then in about 2018, beginning of 2019, I just made the decision to totally shift my business into digital uh, and online. I did have an online course at the time, but I basically got rid of a lot of like 80% of my business and just focused on two or three things. And so now I work with women to help them to create the systems, strategies and structures to be able to scale their business, understand how to manage their money and be profitable as well. So that's my main program, which is Brand Builders Academy. And then I've got Amplify, which is teaching you how to build a group coaching program. And then I speak. That's phenomenal. I, what I'm really curious about is, is what, what prompted you? What was the driver behind, you know, like you're obviously successful in what you were doing. You're obviously loving what you were doing. What, what was the driver that made you go, hey, you know what? I'm going to ditch 80% of what I do and focus on this. Yeah. <laughs> How did you come to that decision? You know something? I think I just felt probably burnt out. And I felt like I was doing a lot of things that I didn't love. Right. I I loved my clients, but I didn't love the format of how I was working with them. Mm. And so I, and also I think like many businesses, you've got to be really careful because you can accumulate a lot of stuff over years that may not be the best business model for you. And so when I started, I was doing events. I ended up with a membership. I had courses. I was doing one-on-one coaching. I was speaking. And then somebody would say, oh, Suze, could you do this? And I'm like, yeah, I can totally do that. And then I would do that. And so I got to the point where I had a lot of money coming into my business, but I also had a lot of money going out. Mm. And as somebody who is constantly in the numbers, I'm like, something is just not working here. Like it's, this is just not. And so basically what I did is that I did an assessment of all of my products and services, which I had a lot. It was insane. I had a lot and I just thought, okay, so this particular product brings me in a lot of money. Do I love it? Mm. Like, is it aligned with my purpose? Do I love it? Does it energize me? And if the answer was no, then I was going to cull it. And then I looked at things, you know, that I was just like, whilst that's profitable, it doesn't, I don't love it. And then other things that that weren't profitable, I just got rid of. Otherwise, you know, Brand Builders Academy was making money, but it probably wasn't as profitable as it could be because I was spending so much time trying to keep all these other things afloat. Mm. And so basically by getting rid of everything apart from BBA and speaking and I was still doing a bit of one-on-one coaching then I not even joking 10x my business within the next like three to four months so when I focused all of my energy my marketing dollars my effort into the stuff that actually lights me up is my zone of genius is where I want to be and 
basically cleaned house is what you've got to do as a business owner more often than I think that we do. Mm. Uh, I was able to, you know, really take the revenue of those products and services just to a whole new level. The other thing that was really interesting is that I found I confused my customers. Mm. When you've got too much available, your customers are like, okay, so I want to work with you, but do I come to an event? Do I join the membership? Do I join your course? Do I work with you one-on-one? Do I come to a workshop? And I'm like, I don't know, like, what do you want to do? And so I think that you've just got to, you know, once again, clean house and really ask yourself, where do you want to be? And the clients that want to work in that way will then find you. And mm. you can just focus all of your energy, your effort and your and your budget into those things. Yeah, I think that's 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 great advice and advice I'm even going to take on personally because <laughs> I, I I I and we we chatted about this when we sort of did our, our podcast pre-chat a week or so ago. In what you said before, like it's amazing what you accumulate over the months and the years without even realizing it. And I'm a very visual person, and as you were saying that, my mind went instantly to the second drawer in my kitchen. <laughs> And it was just like I clean out that drawer and I have, you know, a neat organised like drawer of plastic um, spatulas, plastic spoon, tongs, you know, things I use all the time. And then six months down the track, there's this whole <laughs> shitload of other utensils and crap in there that you like you buy and you use once or something. And it's like, what? where did all that come from? Yeah. And then you colour it again and then it's neat and organised. It's, it's stupid metaphor, but <laughs> it's no, but it's. It's so true. It's something we probably don't do in our businesses, isn't it? We might colour our wardrobe. We might colour to clean out our pantry. The kids' clothes we'll do a cull of. Um, you know, we might even cull the weeds from the garden. I wonder how many of us actually sit down um, and one evaluate and audit and then two do the culling in our, in our business. Yeah, and I have to be honest, like it's not easy. Like I remember crying when I closed my membership, like when mm. I closed the group and I told my clients and they were just like, oh, my gosh. But, you know, a lot of them uh, went into Brand Builders Academy if they weren't in there already. And so it really funneled the clients that wanted to work with me into the products and services that I wanted to be working in and that I felt was actually going to give them the best results as well. Mm. And so we do that when I say we, really the royal we. Um, I do that with my team pretty much like on an annual basis now, if not even more, where mm. I take a look. So right now I'm, I will not be creating any more products and services. You know, we've got the two main programs and then me speaking and we just want to focus everything on that because I know that that's the work that I'm here to do. Mm. So I think you've really got to constantly have, you know, I talk about the fact that your, you know, your vision and your purpose should be your compass. Mm. Every time somebody asks you to be on a podcast or somebody asks you to do something or whatever it is, you've just got to ask yourself, if I do this, does this help me to align or does it align with my purpose and if it doesn't from a boundaries perspective I just say no thank you so much for the opportunity but unfortunately I can't do that mm. I think that's such great advice because it is so easy particularly in the early stages of business isn't it to like it there's so much stuff that we we 
probably can do. It's like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I can do that. Sure. Yeah, I'll do that. But it's like, we don't have to do everything, but it's almost, I don't know. Is it almost like a, I don't know. Is it like a rite of passage thing? Is it like something we have to, a stage we have to go through, do you think, and then pull ourselves back and hone in on that genius? Do you think it's something that we have to sort of a developmental stage of our business that we have to go through? Maybe, maybe. I think that, I think I always say to my clients, learn from my mistake. So I think that we do evolve and we do change. And I Mm. think that that's fine, but I do think that you can start a business and have these professional practices, which is what I call them, in place where you do ask the question. So it's not about saying no to things or not taking on opportunities, but it is about being really aligned from the start because I think a lot of times we end up doing a lot of stuff that doesn't help us and that Mm -hmm. doesn't serve us and that isn't aligned with our business and what we're trying to do, but we do it anyway because it's an opportunity and somebody asked me. So, of course, I want to say yes to that. And so I do think that you can start a business and say, what is my purpose? What is it that I'm here to do? But I also think we've got so many things available to us now where we can create our own opportunities. You know, this whole, like, do you want to do this for exposure? Like I can expose myself without it being rude. <laughs> uh, you know, I can, I can, I can expose myself to whoever I want to as much as I want to as well. Like, yeah. you know, if I want to throw a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars behind ads, sure. I can reach like a hundred thousand people if I want to, or, you know, I can start my own podcast and I can build an audience. I can build a following on social media. We just have the ability now to create our own opportunities. And so I think the days of saying yes to everything because somebody owns an audience that you want access to, Mm. I think is not as much as it used to be where it was like, oh, well, I don't have any other option here. That's what I need to do. Whereas actually you've got a lot of options now. You do. We do, don't we? Like you think the 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 way we do business is just constantly evolving, isn't it? And I just think in the even in the four or five years that I've been running my coaching business, just the, the evolution of how things work is just phenomenal. And you think, wow, where is it going to be in another 10 years' time? And and then, you know, when our and our kids are, you know, in their 20s, like where mm. where is the world gonna be? It's quite it's scary, but it's exciting at the same time. Yeah. I'm just going to yeah. stay in the present for now, Claire, because I can't even deal with tomorrow, <laughs> let alone 20 years from now. <laughs> so oh, just, I love it. I'll leave you to ponder that. <laughs> I, I always, I, I have to say, I do jump ahead and I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> I'm always asking questions. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, you know. Yeah. I'm just like, how, what are we going to cook for dinner tonight? <laughs> That is the other side of it, isn't it? You know, we're talking about you know, being aligned to our business values and our purpose and all this. And it, that's sort of a, a, a message that we hear a lot. But at the end of the day, and that was what this podcast was all about, sort of showcasing, like we are normal people. Like, you know, you're a mom, I'm a mom. We've, man- we've got a household to manage. We've got school things to juggle in with everything. You know, how, how do you... How do you keep going on on the on the days where you know say shit's hitting the fan in your, in the family life? How do you show up? What is your energy source to keep you going for your clients? Yeah, I mean, for me, I don't know. I do just take it a day at a time. I love my business. It energizes me. It excites me. 
Um, it's probably, I shouldn't admit this, it's where I'm really happy mm-hmm. uh, doing the work that I do. And so I think you've just got to enjoy the space that you've got. My husband does a lot, so he's definitely Mr. Mum. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does a lot of stuff. Like I, I have to laugh about the school, like, emails and that sort of thing because I just don't read them he reads all the school emails he fills in all the forms because I'm just like there's just too many I can't deal with all the emails that I get from school so you just let me know if there's anything you need me to do Uh, and so you know and I've got a cleaner I it's really interesting from a cultural perspective so in London everybody had a cleaner like you always had a cleaner and so for my whole of my 20s um, I had a cleaner and I married a Brit as well. So we've always had a cleaner yeah. because that's how like I grew up in my twenties and thirties. Uh, and so, and so there's things like that. So I think it's just about, you know, I've got team members that help me, like I don't do it all. Mm. Uh, and then I think the other thing is, is that when I need time, I just take it. Mm. Like there is nothing that is so urgent in my own business that I can't shift dates, be flexible, get ask somebody else to do it. Yeah. Like there's very few things that, you know, that are at that level. And so I think also, and I'm just going to say it, is that just I just, it. I'm just going to say it, Claire, <laughs> is that, you know, something like you don't have to do everything, hmm. you know, and I think sometimes a lot of women they're like, well, who, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? And I'm just like, who cares if it doesn't get done is more the question. <laughs> like if you don't do it, who cares? Like if you don't do the washing today, okay, so the kids have dirty socks for an extra day. Will that kill them? Yes. No. So look after your mental health, take a day off, chill out, yeah, because I think that so many women put so much pressure on themselves to run the business and run the house and do all the things and answer the emails and clean. And, and I'm just like, I've just, I say no. Mm. <laughs> That's so good. It's funny. I, I laugh no. because I think pre-kids. Yeah. So in my, um, you know, in my sort of mid to late twenties, I remember like, I don't know if someone out there listening might still do this. I don't know. But before I'd go away for the weekend, I would blitz my entire house. It would be (laughs) spotless. Mm. I'm like, I could not go away unless the house was clean. All the washing up was away. All the washing was done. All the bins were emptied. All the toilets had fresh toilet fresheners in them. You know, everything was spotless. And uh, so that I could come back to a nice house. It was all nice and clean. And yesterday we got back from four days on the coast and the house was a bomb you know there was like all stuff from breakfast still out on the kitchen bench from the day that we left and all the washing like the laundry stank because the house had been shut up for four days and I'm like wow my standards have really slipped but then I reframed I'm like you know what no my standards haven't slipped I'm just prioritizing other things right now (laughs) yeah totally totally next time just hire a cleaner the day before you get back <laughs> it's really we live um we live out in the sticks so we're about that, um yeah. half an hour away from the nearest town which is a small town so um yeah I don't know if we'd even get a cleaner out here <laughs> <laughs> otherwise you'd pay a lot yeah, <laughs> yeah well, exactly 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 we had a cleaner when we lived in suburbia <laughs> yeah <laughs> what would you say has been your biggest lesson in business so far my biggest lesson in business 
I think is going back to what I was saying before is to house is to really, you know, clean, clean house on a regular Mm. basis. And even with that, like it's, you know, running my financial reports, it's looking at all my subscriptions, how much am I paying for things? Like, do I really need that? Uh, You know, like just, just assessing and hopefully not carrying dead weight in my business, Mm. which is from a monetary perspective, from a products and services perspective. And I'll even say from a relationship perspective, Mm. like, am I carrying dead wood? Are there things that I have in my business and really in life that are weighing me down that are not helping me to really achieve what I want to in a way that I want to achieve it with joy and freedom and a sense of lightness and, you know, those sorts of things. So Mm. for me, I think that that's something I would wish for more women in business is to be able to, you know, set those boundaries around themselves so that they can create that business and life that they love and really enjoy it and grow it with more ease. Mm. It's interesting you say that. I've literally just come off a, a, a coaching call with a client and we were talking about weight, you know, his, his circumstances had recently changed. And he said, I didn't even realize how weighed down I was by this until now it's not there. And I realized mm. how much lighter I feel. And um, I think that that's kind of the I don't want to say trap, but that's the cycle we get into, isn't it? We just, we, we can just get into this. Well, this is just normal. This is just normal. This is just normal. And we add more and more and more weight and more and more and more stuff and mm. busyness. And unless we're doing that regular check-in and that regular audit, like we, we don't necessarily realize how much dead weight we've put on our shoulders, do we? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's, I always like to say when I speak as well, if you take nothing else away from this conversation, and just this one thing, which is to set those audit dates for yourself. It's to set, for me, I take two days at the beginning of every year mm-hmm. uh, where I basically do a full assessment. How much did we make? What worked? What didn't work? What did I love? What did I not love? Mm-hmm. And it could even be like a product that I love, but something we did in the product didn't work for me or doesn't work for me anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't, I don't want to do that. Well, if I don't want to do that, but we, we still want to do it generally, well, then who could I get to do that? Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we're like, oh, like I don't want to do it and I'm the only one who can do it. And it's kind of going back to that martyrdom of, well, you know, woe is me and, you know, it's going to cost me a pint of blood in order for this to happen. <laughs> and so I think it's just, I think it's just having that regular audit and being really honest with yourself, but also remembering that nine times out of 10, if you don't want to do something, you don't have to do it. Mm. Exactly. The beauty of being your own boss, I guess. Yeah. And just, and just <laughs> yeah, thinking diff- and just thinking differently as well. Like I think sometimes we, we're not being as creative with our thinking or as resourceful as we potentially could be. Mm. We just kind of keep doing stuff that we don't want to do for whatever reason because we've just not taken the time to go, how else could this look? If this looked, if this looked, felt and was better, what could it be? What how mm. could we manage that? I think it's so easy being comfortable, isn't it? Even if that comfort isn't isn't comfortable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that we can I think get it's more complacency. Complacency is probably a better word. Yeah. 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 I think that we can get really complacent in our business. Uh, 
And I think that's the bold thing as well. It's kind of asking myself, okay, so everything's making money, everything's good. So now what? And so it's it's now saying, well, what what would the next version of you look like? What would that next step up look like? Uh, you know, where do you want the business to be in 12 months, three years, five years? Mm. And what do we need to do now in order to start to shift to that mindset or shift to a model that's going to be able to carry us like that? You know, even for me, I'm in a mastermind in the US and the uh, and the coach that runs it, she did a workshop on running a multi-million dollar business. And when I look at her org charts and that, I'm just like, oh my God. But the thing is, it's about, you know, and one thing that she says is, you know, you've got to start to step into that well before yeah. you're there. Like you've got yeah. to start to plan for it, think about it, prepare yourself to shift in that really big way well before you hit that number. Yes. And so, and, you know, even things like that, being around other people who up-level you and stretch you in a really big way, I think is so important. And I looked for ages for a mastermind of people that were, it was scary. Like I was like, crap, like that's, all right, let's do it. If it's really yeah. scary, <laughs> then this really is probably scary, where I should be. 100%. It's like be the smallest fish in the room. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I, I, I love that. Something you mentioned a couple of times that I want to just pick up on um, before we start to wrap up. You mentioned boundaries and, and something that I'm asking all my guests on this show is about the, the non-negotiables that, that we set ourselves, because I personally know that there are certain things that I need to do in order to function as a human being, as a business owner, as a mom, as whatever. Um, what are some of your non-negotiables? Sleep. <laughs> yes. I'm a big sleeper. My husband and I are very like, we're like, we go to bed at 10 o'clock. And if we stay up till 10 30, we're like, oh, we're such rages. Uh, you know, and then I normally wake up, I can wake up, you know, I've been sort of been waking up at seven. So I sleep. Like I love my sleep. It helps me to function. I don't work all the time. So mm. for me, I always have to have things to look forward to. Yes. As well. So that's a non-negotiable for me because at the end of the day, I want my life to be fun. And, you know, when my kids drive, drive me crazy, I'm like, I just want to have a fun life. Can you be more fun? (laughs) (laughs) They love that line. They really enjoy that. Uh, but, But that's, you know, for me, I'm like, I work and I enjoy my work, but I work to earn money so that I can play. Yes. I want to go out to great restaurants with my hubby and I want to go out with the girls and I want to think about traveling and like that they are really really important things to me Mm. so they're non-negotiables in my life like I would not be without those things as well Mm. so uh yeah I'm not like I could say something about health and fitness but I'm rubbish I'm really bad. So I'm not even going to try. I'm trying at the moment to go for, I go for a walk with a girlfriend regularly, but I'm trying to do more, but I'm just like, yeah, that's not, you're not going to come to me for that. Uh, (laughs) That's the realness of it, isn't it? And this is what I talk about so much. And what I'm loving through these conversations is there's no, you know, this sort of get up at 4.30 and go for the workout, then meditate, then do things. Like it's it's not. I think about all that, Claire. I think (laughs) about doing all of that. I've thought about it a lot. 
And I feel like that's probably quite meditative to think about those things. Absolutely. And just think, you know what? That wouldn't work for me. (laughs) I'm happy doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, but yeah, no, those are things that are important to me. Time with the family, sleep, fun. Yeah. Just doing work that I love and not working all the time. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. And that's another thing that I talk about a lot. It's like our business is there to facilitate the lifestyle that we want to live. You know, if we, if we, if we're creating this monster, that means we've got to work 70, 80 hours a week, you know, working seven days a week and, and we just end up resenting it. That's not life, is it? That's not living. That's not, in my opinion, anyway. I mean, everyone has their own um, perceptions of success, I guess, but yeah, it's about creating that picture of what we want life to look like yeah. and then building our business to fit that, isn't it? Yeah, and I do think that, you know, going back to the audit, which is something that's been a big theme, is, you know, it is not continuing to do things that don't get you the results that you want. And I think that that kind of comes back to the complacency too where, I, you know, that's probably one of the biggest conversations I have with the majority of women is not making enough money, not paying themselves, continuing to do things that aren't actually generating revenue. And so they're in this hole of this big thing that they thought was going to be so amazing and they're working their butts off and not making the money that they want. So I think that it's just really important for us to make sure that we're we're getting that support and we're learning Mm. and we're being really Uh, you know, commercial in how we run a business because when you are and you set boundaries and things like that, then you get to have that life. Yes, 100%, 100%. I think like there's just so much more that I could cram in. There's so many things I want to ask, but I'm conscious of time and little kidlets coming home from school. If people want to um, get in touch with you, find out more about what you do, how can they find you? Yeah, for sure. If you go to Suze Chadwick, which is S-U-Z Chadwick.com, then you will find me. I'm building a new website at the moment, uh, which is painful, but anyway. <laughs> and <laughs> it's all good. And on all socials at Suze Chadwick as well. So that's the best place. I like to hang out on Instagram a lot. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. I started following you on there. Very entertaining and very informative. I'll post all the links. I always point when I get to this bit and no <laughs> one can see me, but I will post all the links in the show notes to this episode as well. Um, so everyone can um, jump on there and find you really easily. But before you go, I have got some quick fire questions for you. If you're up for that. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> I'm right, ready. Do this. What are you reading at the moment? Uh, at the moment, I have been, I have to think back to my Audible list, The Power of Moments. Oh. Yeah, by Chip Heath and Dan Heath. And it's such an interesting book. It's about, it's about how we create exceptional moments in our life and for our clients. Mm, that's really good. Interesting one. Yeah, the Power of Moments by Chip Heath. I've got a few um, audible credits up my sleeve. I should have a look for that one. Me too. Me too. <laughs> all right. Here's a challenging one for you. What about your favorite song of all time? My favorite song of all time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a song by Stevie Wonder called All I Do. And it, they turned it into a bit of a funky house track. And I, it was like my favorite tune for my entire 20s <laughs> and my friends always used to be like whenever that song came on like yeah they were like so <laughs> 
So all I do by Stevie Wonder, but the funky house version. Love it. (laughs) What about a quote that's changed your life? People will love you and people will hate you and it'll have nothing to do with you. Oh, that's a powerful one, isn't it? Yeah, Mm. it's just, yeah, it's just got, uh, yeah, it's interesting because I know you're going to ask me about a book as well, Uh, (laughs) but there is a quote. uh, So Elizabeth Gilbert, who is my creative mentor, she may or may not know it. I post a lot about her, so she may know it, is that in her book, Big Magic, she talks about the fact that our only job is to create and it's not our responsibility how people receive it. Mm. it's just our job to create and put it out into the world and move on. And I feel like that kind of fits with that quote It does because people will love you, people will hate you. It's just about their perception of the world, where they're at, their experiences. It's really got nothing to do with you. Mm. I think that I, that's awesome advice because we can take things so personally, can't we? And, and especially now that there's, it's so easy to share our thoughts on things through social media, you know, it's just like tap, 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 send. Mm. Um, and, and you don't necessarily think about the weight that goes behind those words. But I think mm. when you've got something like that in mind, it's like, okay, I'm not here to please everyone. You don't no. have to love me. I'm just doing my thing. And if you don't like it, it's on you. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it just, it gives you a lot of, of freedom. Mm. Yeah. And it allows you to be bold because you don't care. It does. Nice tie in there. Yeah. <laughs> What about a piece of tech or um, software or an app that's changed how you do business? I'd have to say Asana, if I'm honest, mm. uh, because my whole team, like my, t- I've got people that I work with and I bring them in and out of it and I go in there every day and it organises my business and it tells me where we're at with projects and it helps me to communicate with everybody in my team, no matter where they are in the world. And so I have to say Asana is probably the one thing that has made my life easier when it comes to scaling my business and bringing people in to support me. Mm, You are not the first to say that. I would say at least half the people I've asked that question to have answered in a very similar way. So there you go. Yeah. (laughs) Another tick to Asana. (laughs) Leave us, leave us with a life hack, something that someone is going to hear and be like, Oh my God, that's just changed my life. (laughs) No pressure. I know. I know. I feel like I've already said it. Yeah, you probably have. Say no. (laughs) That's my life hack. I say no a lot more than I say yes. And life is happy and joyous and I have no obligation to anybody. (laughs) That's classic. I love it. (laughs) Simple. It's the simple things that are the most effective. Oh, 100%, 100%. I love it. I've had so much fun in this conversation. I can't believe how quickly the time has flown. And as I say, there's a million more things I wanted to ask, but we just never got there. So maybe there'd be a part two at some stage in the future. Who knows? Anytime, anytime. You know, I can, everybody says I can talk underwater, Claire, so I'm more than happy. But, yes, it has been a good chat, and I hope that uh, I hope somebody took something away from it. I'm sure. I'm sure. So just a reminder, all your show notes, all your show notes, all your links will be in the show notes to this episode. And thank you again so much. It's been awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there we have it. Another epic conversation, even if I do say so myself. 
What were your key takeaways from this one? For me, there were three biggies. Number one being the concept of cleaning house, the business audit. I'm a big one for reflection. It is so powerful. Reviewing what's going well, you know, what's working, what's not, what's making money, what to asking that question, what do I love? It's such a simple thing to do, yet I would go out on a limb and say that there aren't many of us that actually do it on a regular basis. Equally, through this process, it's really important to identify what isn't working. What's draining my energy? What is that dead weight? You know, Suze was talking about a dead weight and what do I need to do to get rid of it? I loved her advice on setting a date to actually make sure we do this every year. And end of financial year here in Australia, now is the perfect time to to do it. You know, it's a new financial year resolution. You know, start the new financial year off on the right foot. And remember, as I say in most of these episodes, if you want a hand with any of that, if you want to bounce where you're at in business right now, then don't forget to book in for one of my complimentary business bouncing calls. And there'll be a link to book in on in the show notes to this episode. Equally, you can check out my website, reignitepc.com.au and click on the book a chat button on that site. Now, the second key thing that I took away from what Suze was saying in this episode is the importance of saying yes, but equally the importance of saying no. Saying yes before we feel ready opens ourselves up to opportunities that we might otherwise miss if we're sitting, wishing, waiting, hoping for everything to be perfect, for all our ducks to be lined up in a row before we say yes to something, before we commit to something. Now, I love that she says, that Sue said through that conversation though, that she says no more than she says yes. And that's not through fear or or self-doubt or procrastination. It's through boldly standing behind what she believes, what she knows, and having those really clear boundaries for how she spends her time. So I think that's really great advice. Say yes without knowing how we're going to achieve something, but only when it aligns to where we want to be and who we want to be and to make sure that what we're saying yes to, what we're committing to actually moves ourselves and our business forward in the place that we want to be rather than us just saying yes to everything just for the sheer hell of it and it actually being a distraction from our, from our core. The final thing that I loved, I loved the entire conversation, but I always kind of try and summarize into three key takeaways. So the the third and final thing for me was stepping into the next version of ourselves before we feel ready. So I don't know if you picked it up. Sue's mentioned that she asked herself the question, you know, what does the next version of me look like? We can get really complacent in our business. We can we can get too comfortable. And when we get too comfortable, we can even get bored. And when we're in that stage, that's when our energy starts to lack. That's when our enthusiasm starts to wane. And that can be a really steady and quite rapid spiral downhill if we're not careful and we don't consciously do something about it. So it kind of ties in with the first point about the, the business audit and that constant reflection. 
It's worth asking ourselves the question, what's the next challenge? What's the next big adventure? Making sure that we have something to aim for in our business, something that we're always working towards so we don't sort of find ourselves on that hamster wheel treadmill of monotony. Again, if this is something that you're wanting some help to bounce and book in for one of my business bouncing calls, I would be happy to chat through this with you. Alrighty then, I want to thank you again for listening. We are now expanding. I think last time I checked, we're in like seven or eight countries across the world. So um, the listener base is really growing. So thank you so much for that. If you haven't already, please hit subscribe on the podcast app that you're listening to this on right now so that you never miss a new episode when it drops. And please remember to share If there's something in this episode that you think someone in your network needs to hear, then tag them in a post, share the episode with them, spread the love. And um, the more people that this um, show can reach, the more people it's got potential of helping. So I'd really appreciate you to share it with someone in your network. And if you are keen to continue the conversation between episodes, be sure to follow Real Life Business on both Facebook and Instagram. The links to those communities will be in the show notes to this episode as well. Okie dokie, I will be back in your ears really soon. And until then, bye-bye.